Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah. Nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not, you can, give you it just, a try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and like I had to shoot a different arrow would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Uh, today I have uh, Christian Schaff back again. Um, just had him on, had a good time with him. And uh, as we've been going through this uh, storytelling uh, phase of the Fair Chase podcast, I figured he'd be a great guy to, to come on and, and tell us his hunting story. So to start off, let's, you know, Christian, you want to say who you are, what you do, where you live, a little background about you? Sure, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um... My name is Christian. I, I live in Park City, Utah currently. I'm from northern Wisconsin, a small town called Barron, uh, which is also my dog's name here. Um, and I have a business called Uncharted Supply. And, you know, it started with really large scale emergency stuff, survival kits and whatnot. And I think, well, we still do a lot of that. We've added on a big layer of like prepared adventure. I mean, my, my perspective is there's a lot of people getting out into nature, either whether for the first time or doubling down on it, like you and I just doing more and more as this world gets crazier. And, um, you know, wanting to make sure people can get all the way out there and all the way home. It's kind of what we say. So everything from first aid kits to pack rafts to battery jump starters to survival kits and backpacks. And, you know, we, we always try to look at the market 
find with his holes with his needs and, and develop those products. So I think a lot about that. I, I tell my team I need to test it a lot so I can be in the woods a lot. And, uh, <laughs> and that's kind of what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're, you said Utah, Park City, Utah, did you say? Yes. Okay. City, yeah, beautiful Utah. place. Yep. Um, okay. You know, we, we keep these podcasts moving. So I, I got to keep, otherwise I'll ask you questions about Baron, who was lost and is now found for everybody. <laughs> uh, that was a thing. Uh, uh, that but, was a whole thing, yeah. <laughs> but Christian, like, so the question, we two questions we've been asking people. First, like, to get to know you, um, if you had one hunt in a year uh, to do, uh, it could be any any hunt anywhere once that year, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty easy one for me. Uh, hunting the elk rut with a bow yeah. is just, I, I don't understand people that like mule deer hunting better. Maybe they're just such good hunters that it's like more <laughs> challenging, but I'm not there yet. And I just, I, there is nothing, you know, like walking through the woods at 4.30 in the morning to get to your spot and hearing bugles break the silence and... I mean, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know how, how anything could be more fun than that. So that's, that's, I love kind of all aspects, but, um, but that one, I mean, if you're like, go do one, that's the one for sure. It seems like that is a divide for the you Western guys. Like there's like a, a contingent that like the elk and some are like mule deer through and through. We've had a lot of guys on that are like, oh, we like elk hunting, but it's mule deer strange yeah I, I don't know man i don't know i mean I, i've hunted axes a lot lately that's very similar to elk but i like them because they're like elk you know right um i don't i i, I hope this doesn't offend a bunch of people but i don't have as much fun sitting in a stand waiting for a white tail to walk by like i like burning calories and feeling my right. heart pound and and being in the mountains so that's just me well, you know, m- most of our listeners are whitetail uh, guys, so I think the po- they turned the podcast off just now, you know, offended. But <laughs> no, I, I, I definitely see that. I like to move. I even, even for deer hunting, I have a hard time just going and sitting down, which sometimes is great. A lot of times is not great. Um, okay, so the next is question of the month. Uh, the question yeah. for this month, it's the month of October when this podcast is going out. What is the most useful piece, useless, I always say useful, useless piece of gear in your pack right now? So something you bring that you really don't need that you just some, for some reason, hang on to. Man, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think it changes every day. If you don't, if you don't kill anything, carrying around a kill kit is the most useless that's piece right. of gear, right? <laughs> if you're bringing a rain kit, it doesn't rain. That's the most useless piece. I, I honestly, man, I, I think so much about every gram and how I pack that I, there's, there's nothing in there that I don't, I don't think I'm going to potentially need. I mean, I, I, that's the thing. You're a guy to ask too, like given your, like you are all about like survival and having the right things and thinking through it. So I figured I didn't figure you'd have like, you know, a lot of that extra baggage. No, I think, you know, I think if a push came to shove, um, I probably bring like, an extra pair of layers that I don't need. I could just right. be a little stinkier and just roll with it. But I, I, I guess where my head goes is I'm strong enough to carry it. If it cuts down on scent, which usually is the one thing that busts you, like one up bring up your clothes. So it's probably the one you don't need, need, but everything else, man, there's a reason you bring it. There's a reason you pack it. So I'm, I'm pretty particular about that. I, I don't know if that's a good answer for you, but that's kind of, no, that's, that's, how I operate. that's acceptable. I mean, that, that is, that is true. And usually like, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say extra base layers, you know, a lot of times yeah. I'll bring like yeah. extra couple, like two pairs of undies, uh, which 
Like you can get with away with one. It's just not, you smell, but it's also, you got like that sourdough thing going, but it's also like <laughs> greasy feeling. I just hate that. <clears throat> so I, I, I do too, it. man. And, and what if, I mean, you know, you might bring extra socks and maybe you don't need them because it's drier than you think, but there's nothing worse than not having dry socks. Right. So yes, it's just it's tough. I, I will tell you, my truck has way, way more stuff than I need it. I've got a, a deck system and then one of those smart caps on my Raptor and you know, I've got an espresso maker in there and you <laughs> probably don't, I probably don't need this, this little pump espresso maker that uses those little K cups. Right. Yeah. And I just, I mean, it's tiny. I keep it in there. I definitely don't need it, but it's like, it's pretty cool once in a while. It is. It's sweet. There, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, I've got a huge thing of, of like wet wipes, you know, like a yeah. huge thing. I don't need all that. And I've got like one of our rapid wraps and I've got a boat in there. I've got my fishing gear. I've got a shovel. I've got, you know, but the wipes, you can't, you can't have too many wipes. I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. You need to have be clean in, in all areas. And so wipes, I don't think you can pack enough of. All right. Um, Christian, we got to jump into your story now. So like I told you before the podcast, um, the series is focused around hunting stories. So you got yeah. an elk this year, you got an elk last year, you, you live out West mm-hmm. and looking at um, an axis deer behind you and a, a moose behind you. Um, like when you, when you think of a great hunt that you've been on a great story, uh, what comes to mind? Um, that moose back there. Um, I mean, if you're talking about one story, you know, I was telling the story to the guy I was hunting with my neighbor, uh, elk hunting. And he goes, he's like, dude, that's, that's like, as if you dated a supermodel when you were 13, he's like, you're never going to get better than that. You know, <laughs> he's like, you might as well give up. Cause it just, that's the ultimate. And I, I mean, he's kind of right. We were on a, we were on like a 10 or 11 day hunt and the video, by the way, if you go to YouTube, if you just type in uncharted moose, there's two things that'll come up. I'm the one that's not Jim Shockey. So uh, you, can, <laughs> you can watch that one. And, um, and you can see this whole hunt. It's, it, it got like a half a million views and I never told anybody, but I think it's a testament to the story. But, you know, we found that moose behind me on day five and we, I had this young 24 year old guide from New Zealand and he was like, he was like feral almost like he's such a stud <laughs> and he just, you know, he like, he, I mean, just one of the most rugged, durable, fast moving people I've ever been around. And I, I love the kid to death. His name's Merlin Ferguson. And, um, we we went out to the zone we thought we were going to hunt and we found a small moose with a couple cows which kind of you know says hey he's the dominant moose here right. we don't want to shoot him so we left that big zone it was a it was a long way into that area so we had to climb our way out of this huge valley up over the mountains got back to camp and um merlin's like you can move pretty fast man he's like you know i've always wanted to look for moose where we stone sheep hunt and i was like let's go, you know, let's do it. So we repacked, we kind of got light and it took us a day and a half to get back to the zone. And we climbed up on this ridge. And I mean, instantly this bull was standing out there, like just destroying a tree. And I mean, I have, I have the video. You gotta, it looks like, um, it looks like satellite dishes on the top of like an ESPN TV truck when he turns, you know, it was just, <laughs> I had never seen an animal that big. And I was like, this is going to happen. And we got close to him. We never got a shot that day. And then we chased him. It was like over a hundred miles, like 125 miles in four days. Um, because we had, we had brought horses in, but the horses can only go so far because they had a place that they had to crawl the horses. Yeah. And that was about seven miles from where we would start hunting this moose. So every day we had to do seven miles there and seven miles back <laughs> on this trail. 
and then start hunting. And what we would do is we'd go ultra light once we got there and we'd run these ridges because it was so thick where that moose was. We'd run these mountaintops and glass down. Yeah. And um, I think three of the four days we found him um, and just, he would just never present himself. We'd never get a shot. And literally the last day my guide was like, you know, there are other moose around here. You know, it's, it's getting down to the wire. We have to head back this afternoon. And I'm like, it's him or nothing. Like, right. uh, I don't care. How many days you know? had, at that point have you, had you dedicated to him and how many miles? At that point, I bet we were 75 miles in in three days and we'd seen him day one, day two, yeah. day three, we did not. Um, and so, you know, my guide, I think was kind of like, maybe he left that Valley, you know, yeah. and he was out and I'm like, Hey, we're, if I go home empty handed, I'm okay, but, um, I'm just not giving up, but it's not going to feel right shooting some, something else after putting right. so much into him and crested that crested that little drainage last day and looked in there and he was, he was close and we, we got it done. And, um, I just, I mean, I don't, you know, like those adrenaline shakes you get, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I shot, it was a pretty long shot. Actually it was a rifle hunt. It was like, you know, several hundred yards. And I was just shaking and I looked at my guide and he was shaking. I mean, there's a guy that's been guiding for years. I mean, he, we were both just looking at each other. We couldn't even talk. And, um, you know, it's like the biggest one they'd seen in a few years up there. And, um, took us like, you know, two days to get him out. And it was just, I still have, it was four years ago. I still have burger in my freezer and I eat, eat it a lot. I mean, it's just so, such a big animal. So did you, did you call very abridged? Yeah, no, that's good. No, I get it. Just to rewind. Did you, were you calling for him or were you gla more just glassing for him and, and looking for him or, or what? So we had called in other areas. Yeah. Um, it had been really warm and they just weren't moving and we got up high and then it got like 15 below. It just snapped <laughs> and, um, and they just started moving. So I think what happened was he just, I mean, we glass and found him is how we found him originally. Yeah. And even that last day, you know, our, our, um, we, we actually, that last day rode two horses all the way in that time because we were, we kept seeing him with different cows and ah, we were I like, see. well, let's get the brownest horses we have. And see if we can pull him out, like he thinks there is. Is that a we thing? I've some, never heard of that. Well, we we had had some other little moose come into the horses several times that week. <laughs> um, we had one come into camp. We had one come into like I, we weren't there, but the moose came into the horses where they were they were tied up. And we, I was just like, guys, let's get creative. Like, what, what can we yeah, do? Yeah, I love and, that. And we were, we kept joking that he was like, you know, the king of the valley and just having his way with all the girls. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, does it make sense to ride two brown horses in and just just I don't know. Maybe he'll say, you know, yeah. but I guess if, if he sees us, we're probably seeing him. So maybe that didn't make sense, but that was the plan. And we're like right before we went over, I'm like, why don't we just go take a look before we ride in? And we kind of crawled up and peeked over and he was right there. And we, we just, we got it done. So um, that was, that was a special one. I, you know, a, a quick addendum to that. Um, uh, you know, I've shot two bulls in the last two years with a bow by myself in the national forest. And I think, something about being alone and having an over-the-counter tag and you know one was a small five by six this year was like a nice six by seven not huge yeah. just nice um but gosh dang i'm i'm so proud of myself for figuring that out and being, <laughs> being able to make that happen so while that was the amazing story i i i'm almost more excited about the fact that i think i'm pulling all the skills together to be more consistent which is really exciting yeah. And you, at the end of the day, you take the things you learn from all the hunts and you can kind of piece them together to create, Yeah, you, know, you just get better and better at whatever you're hunting. Um, but thinking about you with your horses being brown, do you ever see Jeremiah <laughs> Johnson? 
I mean, I know the name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, part of it's like they're 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 hiding behind their horses to shoot an elk, and the guy, I think Delgu, I think is his name. I could be wrong. Uh, he's like, you know, he's like, won't they know? You know, uh, Jeremiah Johnson's like, won't they know that there's too many feet behind the you know the horse? He's like, you know, elk don't know how many you know feet a horse has or whatever so it's like it's like exactly what you did they did in that movie and it is oh, by funny. the way for for anybody who has not seen it uh and this podcast is not sponsored by the 1970s some movie jeremiah johnson but i would say go listen, go watch that it is it might be my favorite movie of all time so oh that's amazing i'm gonna have to rewatch it's been a long long time yeah, yeah. I, I think last one of the the first time i watched it we watched it for american lit high school uh for for school so apparently we did we didn't read anymore that was that was just <laughs> a movie time they gave up on on us um okay so you were where were you hunting for him again for for that moose uh that was that was on the yukon border but we were in british columbia so british way up north okay. yeah. cool yeah yeah so if you're looking back uh, on that hunt um and you're you're taking like a tip or a, a lesson learned. Sometimes people will tell stories that maybe they failed. They did the, the hunt that comes to mind. They didn't get something, and they they learned a lesson the hard way. Other times, people say, you know, I was there. This I was able to get this moose for, in your case, and the reason was, or what I learned from it was X. Like looking back on that hunt, what was the the lesson that you you take out of it? Well, from that one, I mean. Gosh, I've learned so much from since then. You know, I could give you a bunch of things I've learned elk hunting because I've I've been able to spend a lot of days doing it. This is my only this is my only moose hunt, and I had a guide, right? So a lot yeah. of it was just absorbing. But um, I think with all hunting, um, I mean the grind, man. I I just so many times things happen when you've almost given up, like in the in the eleventh hour. And I just think that there's something to be said for like. I don't care if the elk aren't talking. I don't care if you're not seeing animals. If you just keep covering ground and keep looking, um, I think your odds are always improving. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of guys just go, ah, today wasn't the day I'm going home. But I can tell you, like most of the animals I've I've uh, I've shot in my life was just it. It was like almost when I was like, oh, it's not today, and then right. bam, something happens. You know? Yeah. So I. I yeah, persistence. I mean, just being in shape, being out, being able to stay out for a long time, getting up early, going to bed late. Um, you know, I've 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 been around people that like to drive their trucks right up to the foot of something, and or they cook a bunch of greasy stuff for breakfast. I mean, every little piece matters. You know, yeah. like I've I've been in the woods when a bunch of animals have run by, and then a half hour later, a side by side goes by. I mean, the animals are so far ahead. It's just. I don't think you can, you can write anything off, but right. grinding and, and, and just, man, just trying to be invisible and be out there and cover ground is really is important. Yeah, no, I love it. That, that's a great, I mean, that's great life advice. Uh, just keep hammering, you know? Uh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so you've, you've got some of that moose left. You got a lot of it left or you, you kind of, no, getting... honestly, I've got a couple pieces that I've kind of saved just so if the conversation ever comes up, I'm like, you know, I got like three or four pieces, but I've got a bunch of, axis and oryx and elk and uh, whitetail and all sorts of stuff in the freezer so i'm pretty the axis is supposed to be where it's at right there's nothing yeah. like it it's yeah. incredible yeah it's 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 um it's really good and i think unfortunately like with that moose they're like a big elk you know you're not eating the tastiest of animals right these big old bulls don't taste the same and i think axis just i don't know if they don't grow as old or the ones i haven't but they just they are 
an amazing meat. It's they live, live that cushy life. It's warm, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, like I mean, the ones I shot were in Hawaii, so you know. I'd a, taste better if I lived life. in Hawaii. You know, I'd be delicious. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, Christian, hey, thank you for coming on. Um, yeah, of course. For, pe- for people who want to uh, find more about uh, Uncharted, uh, follow some of the things that you've been up to. Uh, where, where can they check you out? Yeah, Uncharted. I mean, Instagram's probably the the most uh, up to date, right? At Uncharted Supply Co. Uh, mine's just at Christian Schaff. Um, visit our website, UnchartedSupplyCo.com. Um, you know, you just type in Uncharted or my name, and we spend enough money on ads that something should pop up. Yeah, so you'll find you. Refindable, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man, thank you for, for coming on. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. And yeah, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you. Right, thanks. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to go on to any kind of social media platform, give us a like, share, subscribe. You know, it really help us out. Keeps the train rolling. And if you guys really like what you're listening here, give us a five-star Either way, if, even if you don't like it. Even if you don't like review. it. Five stars. That'd helps everyone cool. out. We'll see you out there.